Well, I don't know if you're like me, but when you are preparing and planning for a trip and you have everything organized and then last minute someone decides to change your plans, leaves you pretty frustrated, right? Well, I want to let you know that that's what happened to our guest speaker this morning, except he did not get frustrated. I was trying to think who we could have come and speak this year, and uh, after researching and contacting about nine different people who just didn't work with their schedule, I thought I'm going to give Adrian a call. Adrian was here in 2014. How many of you remember a sermon he did called Four Chairs? All right, hands over there, right? Four chairs. So is it any surprise that there's lots of sticks on here this morning? You will not forget this message either. But I emailed uh, Adrian, and uh, he said, man, I'm heading to Israel that night. And he said, uh, but let me check with uh, the gentleman that he works with out of Colorado, and he said, if he can rework my ticket. So he is heading tonight to Israel and he reworked his schedule so that he could be with us here today. And that shows what type of a man Adrian is. And uh, he's going to Israel because he works for a ministry called Forge Kingdom Building Ministries. And for 25 years, he has traveled over 32 countries telling people about the amazing love of God. And as a gift to him, his organization in Colorado is sending him to Israel on a trip leaving tonight. And so I'm so grateful that Adrian was willing to not get frustrated and go no, but to change his plan so that he could be with us this morning. Adrian is a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. And I know that you'll be impacted through the message that he has to share to us this morning. He came from South Carolina last night, has a wonderful wife, four lovely kids. And can we give Adrian a great big Oshawa welcome this morning? Yes, sir. Well, was that music not a, the most amazing thing you've ever heard in your life? Unbelievable music. Thank you all so much. Good job, good job, good job. Do you understand what I mean when I say y'all? Eh? <laughs> Open your Bibles if you will. If you got any Bibles, I don't know if you guys have Bibles. First Corinthians chapter 3. Listen, my name's Adrian, but my wife's name is Lisa. She's five foot four, comes up to about right here. She has blonde hair and blue eyes, and she is a righteous fox. <laughs> Cha-ching. I am deeply, desperately in love with my wife. She's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and before that it was unsliced bread. She's off the heezy for she, I don't know what that means. All I know is this, if you're a married man and you're not bragging about your wife, as far as I'm concerned, you're half a man. I like Fruit Loops, don't you have to be one of them, you understand what I'm saying? Tired of Christian men being sissies for Christ, I want to punch you right in the face lovingly. The Bible says to be slow, lay hands on, I'll do it slow. I just think men should brag about their wives. So let's practice real quick, if you don't mind. I want all the married men to stand up, take your time here. Let's go. All the married men, it's Father's Day. Let's get after it, guys. All the married men, stand up. Anybody engaged, engaged guys, stand up and raise your hand so I can pick on you. I mean, so I can talk about you. Engaged guys, let me see. See your hands. Anybody engaged? Nobody in the whole house is engaged, seriously. Oh, they're out there. Yes, yeah, you guys remain standing. We're going to practice now, okay? We're going to practice. I'm going to give you five seconds to think about what you're going to say. Then I'm going to give you ten seconds to brag about your wives out loud all at the same time. Now listen, don't say she's a good cook. Don't do that. You're killing me, Smalls. Throw me a bone here. Show these young men that it's possible for you to be a man. There's a guy up there who's really got big arms. Could you give me a little pop, that guy? Yeah, okay, good. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you see that? Look like Popeye. Okay, so it's possible for you to be a man. It's not some sissy thing. It's a man thing. So when I say go, 10 seconds, I need you. Give me something strong. Use your diaphragms. Give me something strong. The loudest guy gets a major award. Fragile, you know, a major award, okay? So when I say go, you got 10 seconds. On your marks, loud now, 10 seconds, get set, go. Five seconds. Turn it up, three. Good job, good job, good job, good job. You can sit down, you can sit down. Hey, who was the loudest? I heard a guy over here. Who was this over here? Yeah. All right, here's your award. You ready? It's a major award. You ready? Attaboy. Come on now, this isn't a woman's comfort, this is a man thing. Oh, I'm sorry, ladies, I'm just saying. All right, all right let's get right into it. I've got these uh, props on the stage here. We're gonna, I'm going to show you what they are in a little bit here. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. Uh, it's a very important message to me. If you take a rope and put it around the earth, uh, give me a number between 1 and uh, 6,000. Give me a number quickly, between 1 and 6,000. 5777. Guitar guys are always cool. Okay, so 5777, the 5777. So take the rope, put it around the world 5,777 times. Okay, you got the picture now. It's around the world. Look at that. It's a long rope. Take one foot of that rope, put duct tape around it, one foot of it. That one foot represents your entire life. The rest of the rope represents one second of eternity. Can I do that? Who did that? Who did that? That was good. Do it one more time. Woo okay, now, listen now. The, I mean, our lives are a long time. Who's the oldest person in the room? Do we have anybody 967 years old in here? Uh, Methuselah. Any Methuselah? Who's the old? Who's your, anybody 80s in their 80s? Raise your hand if you're in the 80s. 80s. Nobody in their 80s. Okay, I see that hand. Yes, the buses will wait. Yes, okay. Now, Matt, 80 years old, that's a, that's, a long, that's a long time. It's one foot long on that rope. That's a long time. Some of us, little kids. I mean, I, so, but that, one foot's a long time, but the rest of the rope represents one second of eternity, and yet most of our decisions that we make, most of the, the decisions we make in our lives are based on the one foot, and very few decisions are based on the, the length of eternity. It's a long time, way too long to be where you don't want to be. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want to be in the bad place. You, you know what I'm saying? It's time for all of us to get in the right spot. So there's going to be three points to this message today. The first point is going to be don't have an empty lot. The second, it's a construction theme. The second point is going to be build with bricks, not with sticks. The third point is going to be the finished product. Uh, we're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 to 15. Paul says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds because no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds in this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. For the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. The fire is going to test the quality of each man's work. If what you have built survives the fire, you're going to be rewarded. boy. You're going to be rewarded. If it's burned off, you will suffer loss. 
You yourself will be saved, but only as one escape into flames. Very interesting passage. We're going to break it down. We're going to expose the word right now to our, to our hearts and to our souls. And I pray that God would, would save every person in the room who's not saved. And all of us who are saved, who have kind of gotten used to God, he'd spur us on towards love and good deeds. Let's get after it. The first point, don't have an empty lot. Don't have an empty lot. Now, why would I say that on a Sunday morning church service? Because some of us in this room believe that going to church is good enough. Going to church is very, very important, don't get me wrong, but it won't save you to go to church. You have to give your life to Christ. And I mean everything you are, your elbow, your knee, everything. You have to give your, how do you know if you're saved or not? The way you know you're saved biblically is by your actions, by your fruit. 95% of people who go to church today have never led another person to Christ. 88% don't tithe. What kind of person would not tithe? Let me explain something to you now. 97% do not consistently share the gospel. Where's the fruit? People think that church attendance is their number one evidence that they're saved, and that's nowhere in the Bible. So are you sure you're saved? Suffice it to say, this message, we're going to go kind of quick through it. Bless y'all's hearts. I love speaking in Canada. I can go as fast as I want. <laughs> in South Carolina, they say, what he say? Seriously, get a job. You know what I'm saying? You guys understand what I'm saying, don't you? Can I shake your head yes if you know exactly what I'm saying? How y'all doing? Come on. So I oh, praise the Lord. I'm back in the north. My family, my parents uh, were French Canadian. My, uh, my dad's parents were French Canadian. So <laughs> I'm home. Okay. Je parle français tout le temps. Okay, so watch this now. What happened? What came out of me? It's not tongue. So let's get after it now. Okay. Whatever it does, whatever you, listen, what would be wrong, I'm mean, seriously, what would be wrong if you're not 100% sure that you've given your life to Christ? If you're not 100% sure, because I think there's going to be millions upon millions upon millions of people who pass away and, and stand before the judgment of God, and they're going to find out then that they didn't really give their lives to Christ. And, and it's like people think they're a Christian because they go to church. It's like walking into McDonald's turns you into a Big Mac. That's not going to happen. Or sit in your garage going, run, 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 makes you a car. It ain't sticking your head in the oven, turns you into a biscuit. It ain't going to happen. So the point is that you've got to make sure you've given your life to Christ. What would be wrong if many of you said to this morning, what would be wrong? What would be wrong with this? If you said, you know what, Lord, I'm not 100% sure that I've truly given my life to Christ. My mom prayed to receive Christ this past year 30 days before she passed away. Because she realized at the last second, you know what, I've been going to church all, most of my life, but I've never truly given myself to Christ. It's just been a tradition, a routine, something you're supposed to do. Are you sure you've given yourself to Christ? If you have, Jesus is inside of you, and you know it. People around you know it. Your face knows it. You know, when I preach, people are going, and now, please do me a favor. I don't see, I see hardly anybody scowling here, by the way. Good job, Canada. Hey, you understand what I'm saying? Hey. <laughs> that is so awesome. Okay, so what would be wrong? What would be wrong with you saying, all right, Lord, I'm not 100% sure. I want to give you my life. I want to give you everything. Please forgive me of my sins, and I'm going to give you everything. What would be wrong with you saying that? Nothing. Even if it's a rededication, that's still good. But it could be that you're getting saved. Let me just say something. Do not mess around with salvation. Give yourselves to Christ, everything you are. All of your breath. I, I was preaching at a big 10,000-member church in Kansas City, and the chairman of the deacon stood up and said, that's my problem. I've never given myself to Christ. 
We had a 45-minute invitation when almost every deacon in the church gave their lives to Jesus. Seriously? 10,000-member church? I saw one time when this pastor came down the front, pretty, pretty, pretty well-known pastor kind of guy, large church in southern Atlanta, Georgia, comes down to the front and says, my dad's a pastor, my granddad's a pastor, my great-granddad's a pastor, I'm a fourth-generation pastor. I said, that's awesome, sir. I know who you are. He said, I'm faking, I'm lying, I've never truly given myself to Christ. He got on his face in front of a huge stack of speakers and gave his life to the Lord. His church tripled in size in that next year. Let me just say this right now. If you don't know 100% for sure, don't have an empty lot. Put a house on it. You know what I mean? Don't have an empty lot. Paul's talking to the Corinthian church here. They've messed up left and right. But I'll tell you this right now. Make sure you're saved. Give your lives to Jesus. Second point, Jim, I need you for my illustration, man, my, my uh, brother, my, my, my friend. Okay, the second point's kind of crazy, so stay with me. Build with bricks, not with sticks. So the first point of the message is the first two verses. Paul says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an, ex- as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds because no one can lay any foundation other than the one or delay, which is Jesus Christ. So the foundation, Paul was a cement truck, beep, 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 made sure the foundation was laid. Had the foundation laid, that's Christ. Make sure you're saved. Now, for the rest of the service, we're going to talk about how to build on that foundation. You're going to use two different types of materials, gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. The fire will reveal it at the end before you go into heaven. You'll be revealed with fire. If the fire burns it off, you will suffer loss. If it doesn't burn it off, then you're going to be rewarded. Gold, silver, costly stones will be rewarded when you get into heaven. That'll be bricks from now on in this message. Wood, hay, and straw will be burned off. Those will be sticks from now on. So how would we suffer loss? What will we suffer loss for? I'm going to go through a whole bunch of sticks. Hand me, don't, watch out for these motorcycles. By the way, these things are awesome. Can I have that one? Whose is that one right there? Is he in here? Or she? Did I say he? But you're not in here? Okay, good. I can just have it then. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you these sticks that people build with, that people build with when they have the foundation of Christ. I'm talking about Christians here who go through struggles in life, and none of us are perfect in the room. Uh, uh, Matter of fact, let's just, everybody raise your hand real quick. Everybody raise your hand real quick. Just raise your hands real quick. I'm not going to lie. How many of you wrestle with pride? Okay, appreciate that. I'm just saying, I just wanted to find out. appreciate you being honest. Okay, so I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we're going to go through a whole bunch of sticks now. I, I lost 70 pounds so far this year, and so my pants are really baggy, but I, 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 this is going to look a little indecent. I have to loosen my belt here a little bit, so don't think I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I just actually kind of have to, because we're going to do something with these sticks. Okay, here's what we're going to do. The first one is lying. Bring it on over here. So when you lie, bring it on over here. I'll shove it right down. Easy now. Come on, man. What did I pay you for? Okay. Okay, it's stuck on something. <laughs> oh! Oh! Okay. Uh. Why are you cheering for me? This hurts. Uh, this is lying. If any of you lie, it's this stick right here. It's one of the Ten Commandments, do not lie. This belt thing, and he said, you just need to go somewhere else, buddy. Okay. All right, so if you lie, it's this stick right here. Bring me another stick. Bring me a, yeah, okay, that's a good one. Yeah. 
Watch the, car, watch the bikes. Don't hit the bikes. All right, bring that over here. This one's when you cheat on taxes or cheat uh, in any other way, cheat. Just go ahead and shove it down in there. Let me pull the paper. Ah! Wait a minute. Wait. Okay, go ahead. It was, ah, it's caught on my flesh. Wait a minute. Okay. Ah, oh, what are you doing? You're, you're a violent man. All right. That's, this one's cheating. This one's lying. This one's cheating. If you cheat about anything, cheat, cheat on tests at school. Uh, probably the number one problem in, in, in our country today, it seems like, well, I shouldn't say them. One of the big problems we have is, is students cheating on tests. And the calculators I have today, you can program them. They're like computers now. You can pro- program them. And people, the teacher has to walk through and make sure you have the right calculator because people are cheating. One time I was speaking to 12,000 students and I said, how many of you guys cheat? I mean, how many of you guys know of somebody who cheats in your school? And almost every kid out of 12,000 raised their hand except for the whole front row. I looked at them and said, are you guys homeschooled doing? <laughs> Nobody cheats in my school. Then I asked him a very serious question. This is very uncomfortable. I don't know what it looks like to you, but seriously, get a job. And so what happens is, read the book of Job. So my point here is that uh, 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 cheating is nasty. People cheat on their taxes. The late Larry Burkett said the number one sin in the United States is cheating on taxes. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a nasty sin. Bring me another stick. Uh, Bring me, bring me, uh, no, yeah, bring me one of these over here. Appreciate that. He's a little more friendly. All right, put that one down and in, in, right in here, out around the front here. This one here represents stealing. If you steal anything, ah, oh, no, 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 what are you doing? Oh, that's good. This is a horrible message. This one represents stealing. If you steal anything, it's a sin against God. Okay, bring me another one. Hurry up, take your time. Put that one down in there. No, no, you can get a bigger one than that. That's a little candy one. Seriously. Bring me a man stick. All right, this one represents worry. Some people, okay, what are you doing? It'll go, no, don't say it like that. Okay, wait a minute. Let's go this way. All right. Oh, okay, what? Oh, look at that. It's just a little piece of the stick. It's not that big a deal. It's just a little piece, just a little sin. It hurts. All right, that's good. Bring me another one. That one here represents worry. People don't even think that worry is a sin, but who of you by worrying can you add a single second to your life? It's like we worry all, all, all day long, and then, and then, see, worry is the exact opposite of worship. Whenever worship is up, worry is down. Whenever worry is up, worship is down. Worship says, God, you're in charge. No need to worry then. But wor- worry says, I'm in charge. Pretty good idea. You probably should worry. But I'm just saying, people go to church, come home from church, go to church, come home from church. I don't know why. We just don't fly away. Worry is a nasty sin. Uh, uh, bring me a smaller one than that, because that one's going to be. I'm sorry. You're killing me, Smalls. The, just for the, we'll do that one next. No, not that little one. You're killing me. <laughs> bring me one over here in this pile here. Jim. Uh, this one represents gossip. I need you to put this one straight in my back back here, just straight in the go- gossip. is when you're talking about somebody behind their back. That's why I'm putting it behind my, easy now. Oh, no, no. I got caught on my skippies there. Okay, that's good, that's good, that's good. 
That one's gossip is when you talk about someone in a malicious way behind their back. Who have you, uh, gossip is like a choice morsel, the Bible says. It goes down to your inmost being. It separates close friends. All right, bring me another one. Uh, no, 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 no. Bring me some good ones. Bring me that big one there. Those little pretty sticks there. I don't know where he got those. Bring, put that one right in here. What is that? What do you have there? Oh. All right. No, no. Put it in here. It'll work. It'll work. No, no. Bring it. No, bring that one. Bring that one. Let's make it work. This one's called complaining. I don't want to complain about it because then it'd be, it'd be two sticks. Go ahead. Just shove it in there. Just come on. Force it in. It'll go. Come on. Force it out. Ah, you are forcing it. Don't. Come on. Okay. I, I think that's in. Complaining. Very few people know that complaining is a sin, but every time you complain, it's that stick right there. Uh, 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 the Bible says, do everything without complaining or arguing, so you may be blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, as you shine out like stars in the universe, as you hold out the word of truth. Complaining is a nasty sin against God. Bring me that big one over here that you used to have over here. That's, this one, uh, that's a nasty one here. Yeah, that one. This one's called, uh, I don't want to put it next to the computer thing here. Let's put it over here, back here, or maybe somewhere here. Let's put it right here. Let's put it I don't know. I don't know. Don't look at me. Right, right here. This little hole right here. This one's called lust, and a lot of men are struggling with this one right here. It's a, ah! You are a mean person. I love you. Okay, so here it is. This one's called lust. It's a, it's a nasty sin. It seems like it's crushing the, the souls of men all over the world. Uh, I don't know why we're not tough enough, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to crush us. And it's fake. It's the gateway drug that today, it's the gateway drug for cheating and affairs. And it's, it's a nasty, nasty sin. It's this one right here. Bring me another one. Bring me a big one. Bring me a big one. Yeah, bring me that big one there. That's a good one. Put, easy. Watch out for that motorcycle. Put, put that one straight across right here. Just put it straight in here. Uh. Oh, see, this one's putting pressure on everything. This one here represents racism. Uh, racism's a nasty sin. I don't know if you guys have problems with racism in Canada, but I come from South Carolina, and it's nasty there. We had a racial fight one time on our football team. I was a chaplain for the University of South Carolina's football team for 17 years. We had a racial fight one time. And I said, listen, racism's my, that's, racism not only slaps Jesus in the face on the cross, but it walks up to Satan and gives him a big hug. So I said, here's what I think about racism. I took a big jug of water at chapel one time. All the players came to chapel, 100% attendance, volunteer chapel. And I get the biggest player, Laurel. I said, Laurel, get up, African-American dude. I said, get up here. Take off your shoes. He had big size 17 shoes, feet. His toes were so long, it looked like he could play the piano. His toes were nasty, too. He had cheese all in them. It was just nasty. I think it's called poutine. And so I'm just saying... That's what he fed me last night. Seriously, it went straight in my arteries. I'm just saying, okay, I, I got to move. This is kind of, <laughs> but uh, I said, here's what I think about racism. I took his big African-American foot and washed it, scrubbed it clean. I wish I had some crackers because I'd get some cheese out of it. But I'm just saying, I washed and scrubbed his feet and scrubbed it out. And I took his big African-American foot. I said, here's what I think about racism. I went, Mwah! kissed it right on top of it. The whole team goes, no, and they take off running and go get back in their seats. I stood up and said, okay, who's next? And nobody even looked up. Nobody looked at me. Because no. then I'll call them. 
And I said, Shane Hall, get up here, big eight, six foot eight, 240 pound Caucasian dude. I said, Shane, get up here. Laurel, would you wash Shane's feet for me? Shane said, he ain't washing my feet. Laurel said, shut up and shit out of washing your feet. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop when both of them were crying. The two guys that got in the racial fight jumped up, ran to each other in the middle of the room, and hugged each other, sobbing, said, my parents taught me that I'm not supposed to like black people, I'm not supposed to like white people, and they hated each other. So my parents taught me about that. I'm so sorry, brother. They hugged each other, asked for forgiveness. It was pretty cool. We beat Virginia the next day 55 to 10. I hate racism is like slapping Jesus in the face and hugging Satan is all it is. I speak in 96 different denominations, move pretty freely, don't really care, don't really, don't really care. 32 countries, I mean, who's your daddy? All I'm saying is this, is I hate this one. Okay, bring me another one. This next one, give me another big one, give me another big one. Just put it across, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, bring it over here. Put it right across this one here. Uh, the problem with these two right here is it puts a lot of pressure on the other sticks. Uh, Oh, it's like there's one down here stuck right in my flesh. There's nothing you can do. Just leave it there. <laughs> if you pull it out, I will bleed out. Ah, uh, uh, what? <sighs> what was this one? I forgot what I called this one. Oh, I didn't. Uh, this one was the one I had you raise your hands for, pride. It's all about me. Focus on me. I mean, how do you react when someone's on your bumper when you're driving? Seriously? This is a nasty sin that people wrestle with. Probably my number one sin that I wrestle with the most. I hate pride. The lust is number two for me. Racism is number three. And complaining is number four for me. I, I can't stand those four sins. I don't like them all. Bring me another one. Bring me one of the little, little, smaller ones right here. Find some spot here. Would you just find a spot and stick it in there? There's a spot right here. Just watch out for that microphone thing right there. Just shove it in there. Come on, focus on it. Just, just shove it in there. Just shove it in there. Okay, that's good. That's not forgiving somebody when they sin against you. Bring another one out here. This is one, find a hole somewhere and slam it in there, would you? This is when you insult somebody, uh, make fun of them, insult them like a madman, the Bible says. What are you putting it, oh, easy. Easy, okay, wait, wait, wait. Is it in? I, I almost insulted you about that, and that's not good. It's when you insult somebody. Bible says in Proverbs 26, verse 18 and 19, like a madman who shoots firebrands or deadly arrows, as a friend who insults his neighbor and says, I was just kidding. Uh, it's a nasty sin. Very few people know about it. Uh, bring me another one, this little one. This is all, all, any sexual sins, that will be this one right here. Just slam that through here. Just put it through here. We don't, we're running out of time. And then give me one more after that. Ah! What does this look like to you? What just happened? <laughs> Was that me? Oh, why'd you pull my microphone off? You pulled my microphone off. You're killing me, Smalls. God bless you. All right, this one's cursing. Anytime you curse, okay, that's good enough. We're done. All right, now let me just say this. Come over here closer, make sure none of these fall on these motorcycles. <clears throat> I'll say this. This is pretty uncomfortable. I don't know what it looks like. If you have your camera, it's okay to take pictures. We're in church. I mean, what does that mean? So I'm just saying this is pretty uncomfortable right here. I've got a bug crawling on me, and I hate bugs. If it's a spider, it'll eat me alive. 
right? Is, I don't I can't. Is, ah! What was that? Okay, that's good. I can't get to it. <laughs> can't scratch my face. I can't put my arms down. Okay, so watch this. Here's a problem. This is completely uncomfortable, but if I stand here and I move this direction right, oh, that gave me some relief because there's something in my right, my left leg over here, my other right leg, my, something right here that's pinching right in my leg. So if I do that, okay, now I'm relieved. And that seems to be what people are doing today with their sins. Well, if I just do a little bit of this, don't, don't get rid of your sins. I mean, it's who you are. No, it's not who you are. Seriously, you don't have to do this stuff. Lying, cheating, sex, gossip, lust. You don't have to do these things. This is just, this is just things that we've gotten infiltrated into the Christian family kind of thing. They just mess with us. And if I look at you long enough, I may be able to see, see you through the forest here. But let's get ready. Here, pull, pull out the back ones first. Be, be easy now, please. Be easy, please. Be easy. But, uh, yeah, put them down over here. Uh, yeah, come on up here. Help us get these out. We're going to hand them to you down here. We'll put them down here so we don't hit the motorcycles. By the way, thank you all for bringing the cars and the motorcycles. I have a Chevy truck. Easy! Come on! Let me, just... Let me just say, when that one came out, instant relief. <laughs> thank you, Daddy. Okay, yeah, let's, let's take a, I don't know, just find one and get it. That, that, that one, yeah. Okay, I'll hold this one. Okay. Watch the motorcycles. I don't think I've ever said that when I was preaching before. Watch the motorcycles. Oh, watch that. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, that one's easy. I don't even remember what sin that was. Some of them are easier to get rid of. Like that one. This one, no. Okay, that's the one. We got to turn it. Oh, hold on. Uh, all right, let me just show the people. Uh, all right, see that point right there? It's red. <laughs> it's got a little bit of red on the tip. Oh, that one came out easier. It's funny how when you get rid of one of them, the other ones come out a little easier. Okay. Uh, easy. Okay, it's stuck on my shirt. All right, go ahead and pull it up. <gasps> It's like giving birth. No. I did not say that. I'm sorry, ladies. This is Father's Day, though. No, no, easy. This one's nasty. Okay, you get it with both hands. No budget. Damn it. No, 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 no. It's caught. What do I do? <laughs> I mean, it's caught pretty good. No, don't you put your hand up. What are you doing? Okay, let's turn it. Okay, it's, it's loose. It's loose. I felt a snap. Oh, that one right there. All right, watch. watch. This could hurt somebody. Do you have, oh, you have insurance at the church here? Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's good. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> How long has that been there? Oh, there's, there's a bug in there. <laughs> right, those are the bricks. Okay, we got to go. I mean, those are the sticks really quick. We got to go through the bricks really quick. All right, you ready? And by the way, when you get rid of the sins, it's pretty cool, but there's sometimes a little residue. And all you got to do is shake a little bit and it'll get, come out of you. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm so sorry if I'm offending anybody. <laughs> okay, here it is. Don't build with sticks. Build with bricks. I'm not going to shove these anywhere. I'm just going to hold them. <laughs> Don't build with sticks. Build with bricks. What are the bricks? Brick number one. It's called the two-cookie principle. Here it is. Two-cookie principle. We're going to go fast now. Stay with me. Two-cookie principle. I come down. There's two guys, me and another guy. He's got two cookies in a bag. Or I've got two cookies in my bag. He comes up next to me and says, hey, man, you got two cookies there. It's awesome. There's two of us. Look at that. One, two. Uh, hey. What do you do? You share one of the cookies. No. Two cookie principle is, you take both cookies, put them in the bag, and you hand both cookies over. Now, if he's a knucklehead or she's a knucklehead, and they eat both the cookies, you don't lose. You get a reward in heaven that lasts forever. Five minutes of satisfaction, you're losing. Five minutes, and then you got to think about this right here. Five minutes of satisfaction versus an eternity of reward. All of our thinking, we've been trained to think, they're my cookies. Think about it for a second. They're not your cookies anyways. Every good and perfect gift is from above. They're God's. I'm telling you, you give away your cookies, it's a brick. You know what I mean. I'm not talking about cookies. Brick number two. Uh, Robertson McCook and his wife had Alzheimer's. He took care of her 24-7 for 17 years. He was asked by a, a professor at American University, a, a Jewish professor at American University, wrote a book on the eight, eight greatest quotes of her life. One of them came from Robertson McCulkin. She said, put her in a home she doesn't even recognize you. Go back to being the president of the number one missionary school in the world. He, he, she said, she doesn't even recognize you. And he didn't even hesitate. He said, but I recognize her. He... I was sitting there talking to him, and he was, uh, we were talking, and right in the middle of the conversation, he jumps up and runs back in the back room. She was in a coma, barely alive, breathing, <gasps> like that. She, he ran in the room, and I thought, something must be wrong, so I went back to find out if I could help. And he stood over her. He turned the light on because it got dark while we were talking. He said, hey, sweetheart, hey, cookie, hey, sugar, hey, girlfriend, and starts kissing her all over her face. The number one missionary mind man in the world is kissing all over his wife's face who's in a coma. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. Nobody will believe me, but I saw it. Her face turned, her lips turned up in a little smile when she was in a coma. And he said, as tears are coming out of his eyes, you always smile when I give you kisses. She walked to the room one time, one of the last times she could walk and she was touching the walls and he jumped up and patted her on the back and she, he said, hey, sweetheart, hey, girlfriend, hey, girlfriend. She turned around and looked at me and she went. <laughs> and he said, did you see that? She recognized me. 
And he ran and got the flag and put the flag out on the front porch and said, what's the flag for? He said, tell my neighbor she recognized me today. How long has it been since you put the flag out? Oh, about 30 days. I said, Dr. McCookin, how are you doing? He said, you mean how am I doing to take care of my wife? He said, he's, I said, yes, sir. He, he said, well, I have to change your diaper several times a day. She can't control herself anymore. I have to keep the doors locked. She just walks out on the highway every time the doors are open. She doesn't know who I am 30 days. 30, one day out of, the, out of the month, she'll know who I am. I have to feed her. She can't feed herself anymore. But you know what? I'm praying that she'll live longer. I said, sir? He said, oh, I made a vow 45 years ago that in sickness and in health till death do his part. I'm going to love, honor, and cherish her. And he raised his arms in the air and says, I get to love my wife. Brick. 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 Forever he's going to be rewarded for that. He prayed that he would be able to hold his wife when she passed away. In the middle of the night, the Lord woke him up and he ran downstairs to pick her up from her hospital bed that they had in a little special room for her. He picked her up and she breathed three times really fast and she passed away in his arms. For six months, Robertson McQuilkin cried. After taking care of her for 17 years, you'd think there'd be some relief. It crushed him. Brick. Husbands, love your wives. Waka! Here's another brick for you. Walk up to somebody and encourage him. Walk up to a guy and say, have you been lifting? <laughs> Isn't that funny how we go, a little bit. <laughs> Walk up to a woman and say, I love your hair. Now, don't, guys don't do it because we have never noticed it. I'm just saying, girls, I love your hair. Or shoes. You're, where did you get those shoes? Because women, like, spend 18 hours a day on their hair. Did I say that? I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I'm just saying I'm just saying, walk up and encourage somebody. That looks so pretty. So, well, instead of like insulting people, encourage them. It's a brick, lasts forever. It's a brick, lasts forever. Here's another one. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Missions. Share the gospel. Cinder block. Tell someone about Jesus. It lasts forever. Build with bricks, not with sticks. Now the finished product. And then we'll have a little invitation. Now the finished product. Here's the finished product. Uh, 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 uh. A, a carpenter, a head contractor, owned a multi-million dollar company. And he had a head carpenter who was his best, his best guy that worked for him, his best guy for 25 years. He never thanked him in 25 years. He realized that, so he wanted to give him one more gift. He calls him in and says, before we close down shop, because he's getting ready to retire, they're going to sell his company. Before we do that, I want to give, I want to, I want to do one more house. His house was 10,000 square feet. He said, I want you to build one more house for me. I want you to be 15,000 square feet. I'm sorry. His house was 15,000 square feet. I want you to build one more house. It's 20,000 square feet. A third larger, 20,000 square feet. I want you to use the best everything, best drywall, the best fire, fire three-quarters fireproof drywall. I want you to put the cast hair in the concrete. I want you to do the best everything, grade A lumber, the best subcontractors, the best everything. Don't spare any expense. Use my credit line. I'll clear it every month. I want you to use the best everything. The carpenter's thinking, you haven't thanked me in 25 years, and you're leaving me high and dry after this job? I'm going to get mine. And he cut every corner he could cut. He bought the best material. And then exchanged it after the credit line was cleared, and it pocketed the difference, made hundreds of thousands of dollars on the house. Cut every corner he could cut. When the president came in to look and inspect the house, he's walking through his hands, he's all giddy, and he looks at the carpenter and says, for 25 years you've served me faithfully? 
And I've never heard you to complain one time. And he took the keys to the house out of his pocket and said, here you go, it's yours. Let me just say this right now, ladies and gentlemen, one, of these days, one out of every one of us are going to pass away. It's a new statistic that just came out 42 seconds ago. <laughs> one out of every one of us are going to die, and we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ's judgment. For all Christians in the room, everyone who's been born again is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ's judgment. There's two different judgments. One's called the great white throne judgment. It's going to happen a thousand years after that. For all non-Christians. The, the, the judgment seat of Christ's judgment is just for Christians. All of us are going to stand before it. We, we are going to be throwing the keys to our house. Like a song by a group called Eli, the guy goes to heaven and sees this huge mansion. St. Peter says, no, nah, it's down the road here. All, all the way down to a two-room shack, barely standing up. And the guy says, is that all I get? St. Peter said, that's all the lumber you sent me. I, I'm telling this right now. Right now, you are building your mansion in glory. You can build with these little cheap little sticks. You can build with these cheap little sticks. Here, hand me that stick right there. I can't do that. Hand, hand me that one right there. You can build with these cheap little sticks. Oh, this is going to be nice. You can build these cheap little sticks, or you can build with bricks and be re rewarded forever. I was walking through a house, and I saw this picture. I saw this awesome picture. I saw it. I said, hey, that's a pretty good picture. Kept on walking. Stopped. Went back. Looked at it again, an hour and a half later, there's a big puddle of water right in front of me from me sobbing, weeping. The doctor and his wife who were hosting me for the week were sobbing in their kitchen, weeping. And the Spirit of God was all over the house. I can't explain it to you other than saying, God spoke to my heart. It's only happened to me a couple times in my entire life, but this was the most intense moment of my life ever. The picture was, two, was a two hands silhouetted like this, a rainbow, a dove in the middle, Two hands were symbolized God. The dove was the Holy Spirit. Rainbow was a promise God made. But in the foreground were two guys hugging each other. They both had all white on. Apparently the guy's back, you can see, had just died and was on his way into heaven. But the guy's face, and you can see him, scar marks on his hand, was the face of Christ. And he was hugging the guy, and on his face was a big old smile, and a tear was coming down his cheek. And I couldn't take my eye off the tear. And it hit me, one of these days I'm going to die. Wouldn't it be great to have Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the King of the universe, the creator of everything, God incarnate? Wouldn't it be great to have Jesus Christ say to me, great job! I saw how tough it was for you, but you never gave up. What am I going to do when I come to Christ? When I see, Am I going to get on the ground? Will I get under the carpet? Will I lay flat as I can? There will be no pride going, I'm the man. You ain't going to be doing that around Jesus. What will I be on my face? I will lick, I will lick the carpet. That was nasty. Do you know how many feet have been in that spot right there? I don't care if Christ wanted me to lick the carpet. Look at the wet mark there. I'll lick it a thousand times over. Couldn't care less. Because one of these days, I'm going to stand before Christ. Wouldn't it be great to have a whole bunch of these? Now, here's the good news about this morning. These sticks, uh, these sticks right here, we can, we can get rid of these. That's not going to work. Had knee surgery there, that's not going to work.
Let's try it now. Can you hear me now? Good. Okay, so here it is. We can, we can, ah, just do it. We can get rid of our sticks. We can get rid of our sticks today. We can get rid of our sticks today. Did you know you don't have to die with all these tree branches in you? You could tell God, hey, sorry about that. And all of them are gone when you say you're sorry. Please forgive me, Lord, I've messed up. The reason why Jesus died on the cross, the reason why he died on the cross, the reason why he died on the cross was to take our sticks uh, on him. That's why he died. To get rid of our, no, this isn't going to work. Uh, no, I don't care, I'm married. So here it is. Bottom line is he died for these sticks so you can get rid of them. The question is, do any of you have any sticks that you want to get rid of? Let's pray. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that every person in the room would see themselves through your eyes. I just wanted them to see what they look like spiritually speaking this morning, and it's pretty uncomfortable for a lot of us. So I pray in Jesus' name that every person in the room who has sticks that they need to get rid of would get rid of them, and they wouldn't care what anybody thinks about that. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's what we got. We've got a garbage can over here, got a garbage can right here, got a garbage can over there. Bunch of sticks here. Can I get you guys to come up over here? Grab these sticks right here, They're right next to this motorcycle, these little twigs right here. Take them over there to that side. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider doing this. If you have sticks that you'd like to be forgiven of, now if you don't have any sins, just remain seated. You know what I'm saying? There's some pretty holy dudes in this room, I understand. But if you got sticks you'd like to get rid of, walk up here. Did you hear that sound just now? Crack. Walk up here. Grab a stick and break it off. Go somewhere in the room. I don't know if this is going to work or not. I don't care. We'll eat lunch when we eat lunch. But you're allowed to go as long as you want, as long as lunch is being served afterwards. Just kidding. We're almost done. Take the stick. Find somewhere in the room to drop your head. If you have good knees, get on your knees. If you don't have good knees, just stand. It's okay. Tell God you're sorry about your lying, your cheating, your gossip, your lust. Ask him to forgive you. Then take the stick over to the garbage can. Throw it away. Now, if you don't have any sticks, just remain seated. But if you've got sticks you'd like to get rid of, watch the motorcycles. You got sticks you'd like to get rid of? Come on down and grab a stick and break it off and uh, tell the Lord you're sorry. Ready? Go. If you don't have any, if you don't have any sticks, just remain seated. Pray for revival here. Got to say this real quick as you're doing this just pray ask God to forgive you if some of you want to make sure that you're saved 
pray that here too. Say, Lord, I want to give you my life. I have every one of those sticks. Something's wrong. I want to give you everything. And I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. And then throw your life in there too. But come on down when you're ready. Grab a stick, break it off.
Let's pray. Bow your heads. Actually, I want to talk to you for a second while your heads are bowed and your eyes closed. I want all the pastors and the staff people to have their eyes open looking around. We're right at the end of time right now. Actually, perfect timing. But I, I feel like some of you might have an empty lot and you want to have the foundation of Christ laid in your life. So right now, if you want to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm not 100% sure that I've truly given you my life, and I want to do that right now, would you raise your hand right where you are? Raise your hands right where you are. If you want to say, Jesus, I want to give you everything I am, and I don't care what anybody else thinks about that. Raise your hands right where you are. Raise them up high. Good. Hands are going up everywhere. Good. Raise them up high. Let me see them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Raise your hands up high. Good. Good. I knew it. Hands are going up everywhere. Raise your hands up high. Let me see them. Right now, 10 more seconds. Nine, eight. I just had a chill go through my body. Seven, six. Come on. Raise your hands up right where you are. Five, four. I knew it. Three, two, one. Good. Bow your heads where you are and tell Jesus in your own words, Lord Jesus, I want to give you my life. Everything I am. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I want to give you everything. For those of you who need to rededicate, just tell them now, Lord, I re-give I re you my life. I give it to you afresh. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I've been such a jerk, and I'm sorry. And I want to say right now that I love you and praise you. Hallelujah. Misha, our appreciation for Adrian's obedience. We're not giving Adrian a hand, but we're giving God a hand because it takes an obedient man to be willing to do what he did this morning. Adrian was a former chaplain of a football team, and he will tell you no game is won individually. You win as a team. And so we are here at Calvary Baptist Church simply to tell you we are sinners saved by grace who have lots of sticks just like you. But together we help each other finish that race well. We help each other remind each other to build with bricks so that one day we will celebrate together that that amount of time in view of eternity was not wasted at all. And so I would encourage you, if you for the first time today have decided to follow Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you don't have a home church, come and join us. We meet on Sundays in the summer, one service at 11 o'clock, which will be starting next week. Come, join the journey with us of simply trying to pursue loving Jesus Christ and being authentic in our families and in our community. We would love to get to know you and together help each other to make sure that we are building with bricks and so we would love the opportunity to meet you. We have some resources that we'd love for you to go home with, just that will help you to know, how do I even take that first step? Well, what do I do? Who do I talk to? We will be at the frontier, myself, some of our pastors and our other ministry workers from the church. Please do not leave without introducing yourself to us so that we can get to know you. And we want you to go home with this material so that you can learn how to take that first step. Please come and see us. I want to close in prayer. Thank God for the food outside and go and enjoy the rest of your Father's Day. And you know what the Bible says? Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. So don't go out there. Don't go out there and keep picking up and putting, I had to confess, anxiety. I'll tell you the truth. Ask my wife. The thing I hate most about this show is I am 
get so anxious about things that I can't control. And the Lord convicted me of that this morning. I had to put that big stick in the garbage can. So let's help each other not put sticks on our backs. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the food that we're going to enjoy now. Bless all the people out there, Lord Jesus, from our community. Help us to be able to, as Adrian said, in our faces and in our actions, show them that Jesus really does make a difference in our lives. We love you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the credit. Would you please protect our brother as he travels to Israel tonight? Keep him safe and continue to give him good health and strength so that he'll continue to passionately share the good news. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed, and if you'd like to come talk to us, please come and introduce yourself.